it's about time we chrome the fuck up. And we are talking about cyberpunk edge runners this week on Shonen and Suds. Cody. Welcome back, brother. What you're going to do when cyberpunk runs wild on you? <laughs> oh, man. Chris, this, is, this was quite the journey, uh, this cyberpunk journey that we went on. A, a trip to Night City, if you will. Um, it was, man. Franz Ferdinand on the radio the whole time. <laughs> unfortunately, yes, Franz Ferdinand was there as well. Uh, but yeah, just a, a super solid show. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I was worried a little bit. I, I was messaging you earlier, I think it was earlier today or yesterday, mm-hmm. when I was about the midway point. I was like, man, I really hope it kind of picks up. Uh, and it definitely did. Mm-hmm. Definitely got much more uh, character-driven and like story-based and like emotional storytelling and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah, and obviously the action was there the entire time, but yeah, just a super solid show overall. Yeah, no, you, dude, it's, it's still my best show of 2022. I am just absolutely in love with this. I've watched it so many times. Um, I just, I love the presentation. I love the soundtrack, the voice acting, like everything from stem to stern. Like the only gripe I have about the show is I want more of it. And like, and that's what most like. That's probably the biggest gripe most people have because it does. I think the pacing's really good, but it, it does get a little quick, like kind of at the midway point. With spoilers ahead, by the way. So if you haven't watched it yet, what fucking rock are you living under? You need to get out from under it and watch it, then come back to this podcast. But um, yeah, like because there's that point after like the crew after Maine and the rest of the crew dies, where like you see. David again and all of a sudden he's like jacked and he you can definitely tell he's had some work done it's like wait a fucking minute like what happened here so like I I genuinely think one or two more episodes to kind of fill in some of the gaps would have been perfect but otherwise I think this show is perfect like this this was this was the show for me dude I loved it still do yeah, I, I can see I can see the argument there for being like an an extra episode or two. Um, but I was kind of fine with it. I mean, he was. It seemed like even through like the parts where they were kind of like, not recapping, but the, how they were kind of like just skipping along, like just them going on missions, him getting more work done. Like you could yep. see that he was kind of starting to almost turn into main in a way. Like he was getting more and more work done. You know, he, he kind of got power hungry yep. a little bit. Um, Yep, and that's kind of and what I really like about this whole story. And I, was, I don't want to dive too far deep into it, but I love how it ended because this was literally everything his mother was trying to prevent. Literally everything his mother was breaking her fucking neck to do ended up happening. And it ultimately cost David his life. So, like, to me, like, that whole overarching, like, man... Once, once Mama died, it became like his life was like I felt like his life was kind. Of, his days were numbered at that point, and it ultimately was. So, like we really got to watch this kind of tragic story, honestly. And it's just, and what the crazy thing is, Cody, no, the world doesn't skip a fucking beat. The the corporate monger, the corporate monsters and warmongers are gonna just keep on going because at the end of the day, this crew was small fucking fry. They didn't matter shit in the grand scheme of this world. So that's wild to think about, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, 
honestly the crew itself like very much reminded me of like the bebop crew um yeah even like you said like you know the world's still going to keep turning like uh, (laughs) none of the bad guys are going to stop being bad um and and nothing they did mattered it seemed like it drew a lot of similarities at least for me personally to cowboy bebop like i i got that vibe with the crew i was like oh main is the jet of this story like he very much reminded me of jet um yep and you could you could argue Kiwi is kind of like the Ed of the group, you know, because she's definitely like their, you know, their, I don't know what the right word is, Decker, Hacker, which Lucy also is that too. Um, but not really, really, I, I guess Lucy would be more of like the Ein, right? Because she definitely has like the fucking big ass port in the back of her head so she can do those deep dives. Yeah, I, I just drew a lot of similarities to Bebop, which is, mm-hmm. a, you know, that's a good thing to have. Um and then, I mean, obviously, of course, with Bebop having like fantastic music, this show also had fantastic music. Oh my god, the soundtrack was great! Like, I just loved the random bops, like you know, David, like the that bop that's playing while David's like catching the train and walking around the city, like the the theme where like you know he gets over to Lucy's apartment and they're like on the moon, um, like it's just such a great soundtrack track from start to finish i absolutely loved it say what you want about france ferdinand i I really liked the intro like it was just like yeah this is fucking this is letting me like this is cocaine the anime is what we're getting (laughs) yeah so i think that's the only song i didn't like um but you know it's okay there's a skip intro button so i was i I was fine exactly exactly. and i was like all right i'm good Get out. There you go. Well, Cody, the intro you don't want to skip is our own. Welcome back to Stronin and Suds. I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I am Cody Snodgrass. And we are here, like we said, you know, we've already given you your spoiler warning. We've already said, like, some big things. But, you know, you should have watched it by now. It's been out for, you know, a month, two, maybe a month and a half at this point. So you're fucking up if you haven't watched it. It's on you, not me. Um, but yeah, dude, show was very, very good. Um, we've got a new poll coming up this week. You know, it's a little bit later on a Thursday, you know, um, where I'm recording on, it's actually not even Thursday. It's Tuesday. Yeah, Jeez, we're-, we're recording this on a Tuesday because I'm going to be gone Thursday. I'm actually, uh, my wife and I are going on our anniversary trip and we're going to be gone for like 10 days. So like, to, like to, I'm recording with you tonight. I'm recording with John tomorrow night, uh, cause we had a final fantasy event in North Carolina last weekend. Um, so it, I got a, I got a full dance card going into uh, my vacation. So it's, I'm going to earn that first beer. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were podcasting all over the place. Um, that's right. Yeah, man. Uh, that's right. But before, of course, well, where to start? Yeah, yeah where, before, where 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 do we start? Before we dive into <laughs> Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Chris, we got some news to go over. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and take care of the sad stuff first. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we had another death in the voice acting world. Uh, voice actor Jan Rabson, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, mm-hmm. he voiced the original Tetsuo in the Akira dub, or in the original Akira dub, kind of minced those words up a little bit there. Um, yeah. uh, the old street, the old streamlined one, that's, that's the one that I grew up on, like that Tetsuo kind of had kind of like the, he had like a kind of childish voice. Yeah, and, uh, unfortunately he, he has, uh, he has passed away, I don't think. Brutal. There's no real details. I don't know. Um, it doesn't even list his age on here. I don't think. Let me see. Oh wow, that's a pretty lazy typed article. I think I could have done better than this. 
Uh, well, and it's wild. The, 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 the only name I remember from the original Akira that stands out is Jimmy Flinders, who's done a lot of like voice acting work like in the 80s and 90s. I want to say he was like a version of like Leonardo on like a season of the Ninja Turtles or some shit like that, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah or something like that. Yeah, Jan Rabson, uh, he had roles in Mobile Suit Gundam, the movie trilogy. Um, oh, man. Gotcha Man. Uh, had, a couple, had a small role in Ponyo, uh, Street Fighter 2 5 uh-huh. or 2V, whatever you call it. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 like the series. Yeah. Um, and then various other roles. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I saw that he was like several of the voices for Leezer Suit Larry, which I never knew uh-huh. was like a as big as it was, I remember seeing the PlayStation 2 game as a kid and going, what is that? That's weird. <laughs> like, like I remember asking my brother Chris, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know your name is Chris, but my brother's name is also Chris. Not Strong Chris. name. It's a powerful name. It is. It is trying to differentiate here. Um, but I remember asking him, like, what is that game? Why is that, like, not rated? Why is that, like, rated M for mm-hmm. PlayStation 2? Um yeah, he voiced a lot of a lot of those roles as well. As well, excuse me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's, it just sucks, man. Another voice actor. Um, yeah, you definitely hate to see it. Unfortunately, passes. Um, but then moving on to to some some more anime news here. And and this one might be kind of sad, depending on how you look at it, because it's got some people's panties in a bunch. That's for sure. Yeah, we have so we've got the new trailer for a sec, the second trailer for Trigun Stampede. Um, mm-hmm. Good news, it's premiering January twenty twenty three, so it's right around the corner. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, more good news. Like this really looks cool. Like it looks super like mm-hmm. fresh, and like the animation is crazy good. I mean, when you watch this trailer, it is like, I mean, it's some very cool animation. I know the character models are kind of hard to get used to. Um, but we do get some more characters introduced in this trailer. We have Meryl. Uh, she is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have Nicholas D. Wolfwood returning. Um, Love that. And reprising similar roles, I'll say. Um, but one name that I didn't say there, Chris, is uh, mm-hmm. old Millie Thompson. Um, I, I don't know. She's just not Brutal. here. She just isn't here, Chris. I don't like that. I don't like that at all, boss. Yeah, and it's kind of caused an uproar. There is another character that seems to be, like, almost in her place, which is, you know, kind of worrisome. Um, and it's this guy mm-hmm. known as Roberto De Niro. Obviously a play on, like, Robert De Niro. Um, oh, of course. And it, it's like they're the, the main four. It's like Vash, Wolfwood, and Meryl, and this Roberto guy. Um and it had, Chris, there is there is an uproar. Um, there are several Reddit threads I've come across, um, and people, you know, people were already upset about Vash's um, kind of stylistic change, like his hair is much different now. Um, mm-hmm. But this, I think, this is much uh, a much bigger, uh, I guess, turn of events. I, I I hope hopefully. Hopefully we're all wrong, and the next trailer we'll just have Millie in it, and everything will be okay. Um, no, absolutely. But from what it seems, even in this trailer, they reveal Meryl as like this up-and-coming reporter trying to get the scoop on this this humanoid typhoon, and it's like you know how I feel about the hot scoop. Yeah, which you know that that's cool and all, but you know where is what is it the Bernadelli Insurance Agency or whatever it's called? Yep, the old 
Bernard Deli Insurance Society. Yeah, where are where? Yeah, I love it. And like Merrill and Millie are the duo. Like they get they get Vash out of some some sticky situations too. Um, and you know, like who who's who's Wolfwood's love interest now? You know, is he gonna fall for Roberto De Niro? Like I, I don't know. That's a great question. You know, we need we need Millie. Hopefully they'll uh, hopefully they'll reconsider. I don't know. Maybe maybe she's in the next trailer and they're just getting our getting us talking about the show and they're just expertly. You know, marketing this thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, fingers crossed, of course. Uh, oh, most definitely. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all the big anime news that I had. Um, we uh, outside of that, we have My Hero Academia's English dubbing uh, will premiere this weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Um, as well as Chainsaw Man, uh, the dub will begin on October twenty fifth. So again, right around the corner. Um. I'm yeah. definitely here for that. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much all the anime news I have. We got some more scenes from, like, more sneak peeks for the Junji Ito little new collection mm-hmm. that he's releasing. Um, another look at, like, the Nier anime, but I didn't watch that yet. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, I mean, there's, like, 8 billion new anime, so it's it's hard to keep. Fall season is in full is in full swing in the anime world. And in the weather world, Chris, I woke up today, it was, like, 29 degrees and it's supposed oh to be, absolutely but it's supposed to be 80 on the weekend so mm, fucking that's how people get the flu <laughs> love love that um but yeah that's all that's all the news i got this week um yeah chris i i am parched so uh absolutely so cody 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 i need you to tell me and the friends at home what you drinking Oh, that's good crack. There we go. Let me get a swig of this. I'm a little parched. Hold on. I'm going to get you a big old sip. Oh, that's good. Mm, what you oh, sipping on? that's good, Chris. Well, Chris, it's not anything oh. new. It's not anything new, unfortunately. Uh, I was going to make a run out to the liquor store and grab grab a fresh can of something. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, you know what? It's, it's we're, we're recording. This is the late night edition. It's like 8, eight o'clock right now. Well, 8 when we started. It's 8.40 already. Goddamn. Um, but I just have myself a nice natural light. Nothing, nothing well, fancy. Wrong with that. But you know, it, it's my it's my go to Friday night special. Um, yeah, it's it's just, just a natural light. I know it's a Tuesday night where we're all our, our schedules are mixed up. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just sipping on a nice natural light. Mm, I will definitely natural. I will definitely be getting and trying some new beers, Chris. I think I'm gonna start doing some um some pick sixes. At like the local, Ooh, nice. at the local spots because I've been having a buddy Dean at work. He's been telling me about these IPAs. I'm like, where do I need to get started? He's been talking about, you know, he mentioned Yingling, which I know we had in Florida. He mentioned Goose mm-hmm. Island. He mentioned yeah, you know, just a a a, a a a list basically of of ones I should try. And obviously, you know, yeah, if I ever need an, an, any <laughs> any beer ideas, I can always come to you. So I'm definitely in the market for finding some new. Uh, some new Beautiful. brews to try, and apparently there's like a. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I want to say it's beer sauce or something like that. I think is the name mm. of it, and it's like a little. No, never heard of that. It's like a little like. Just like it's not quite like a brewery, but they have like beers you can try, and you can go in there and like have a beer. You can you know grab a uh-huh. six pack. They got IPAs, double IPAs, all kinds of stuff. Um, mm. And it's right down the street. It's actually in a little strip mall. Um, 
right down the road from me. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go check that place out and see what they got to offer as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just for today, we got a natural light. We're keeping it classy. Um, what about you, Chris? What Hell you, yeah, brother. What are you drinking this evening? Well, you know, Cody, I took a 12-pack of the Mountain Dew uh, seltzers down in North Carolina this weekend. Well, Cody, I've doubled that pleasure, and I have brought a second 12-pack, which, Cody, I've already cracked it because they're all so fucking good. Of course, I am doing the Baja Blast Hard Mountain Dew tonight. That shit, Cody, I've about drank the whole goddamn thing already. Chris, it goes down too smooth. Um, if I'm being, it is way too smooth. If I'm being 100% honest with you, if I would have rolled up to the liquor store, um, I, I would have grabbed another Tall Boy Mountain Dew. You know, whichever one, whichever one, they have all four flavors now in the tall boy section, so. Yeah, it's too good. That's all of them good. are just, like, fucking, like, they're dangerous. We got we had Adam Duncan drinking those things. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, those things are fucking dangerous. They are, yeah, they're dangerous and they're good, man. They are damn good. Um, unfortunately, it's, like, 40 degrees outside, and I was not trying to, you know, Chris, I'm, I'm in my Water comfy that. shorts. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to put <laughs> pants back on. <laughs> I like how you said it's forty degrees. I'm in my comfy shorts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've lived in Missouri my whole life. I'm used to this by now. Uh, oh, that's fair. It, it's the weather where you got to wear a hoodie to work, but then you drive home with the windows down. Like it's ah uh, yes. Like you just don't know what what you're gonna get. Um, you just have to have everything ready all at once. Um, I respect that. Yeah, you got to have your 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 sunblock and your beanie ready because you never know what you're going to get when you walk outside. Um, you never know what's going to happen out there in the old Midwest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- those are our drinks. That's what we're having this evening. Again, coming at you live uh, Tuesday night, Chris. This is a... That's right. The Tuesday Suds edition. That's right. We ha- we've had our tacos. We've got our drinks. And now, Chris, I think we're, right. I think we're ready. Uh, we're going to dive into Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So, uh, That's right, Chris. I'm throwing so, you the keys. This is this is your whip. You're taking me into Night City. That's right. That's right. So let's go ahead and just do a real quick tale of the tape here. Uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runner is actually relatively new. First aired September 13th of this year. Uh, we've got ten episodes uh, directed by Hiroyuki Imayashi. Uh, this is done by Trigger Studio, um, which they have a very very uh, distinct anime style um very sharp very uh very bright and colorful uh, and just very like when, when i use the term like cocaine the anime that's that's how to describe most of like trigger stuff like trigger feels like more than just a name so but cody this anime is based off the cyberpunk 2077 uh it's, it's in that world um, which also is in the cyberpunk universe, Cody, which you might not realize this, but cyberpunk 2077 goes back to the, the cyberpunk tabletop role-playing game from the eighties. I feel like the only reason which, I know that is because you might've mm-hmm. mentioned it before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's also ba- which that is based on a couple of novels from the eighties. I want to say this specific novel is called hardwired. Uh, and the author is um, like John Williams, Walters, Walter Williams, Walter John Williams, something like that. But he wrote a book called Hardwired, which was basically the beginning of that cyberpunk tabletop. Night City was created in that book. 
Cyberpunk 2077 takes place in that world. Here we are. Edge Runners is Cyberpunk 2077. Now that we've put all that together, so Cody, we've got 10 episodes, and I kind of want to just dive right in. So the first episode opens up with, you know, you, you were greeted with this gorgeous cityscape, but very quickly we see some um, some fellow, he's, he's looking awfully like like shirtless and really skied up here because there's a, there's cops around and Cody, the first thing he does is walk up to this cop car and literally just paint the inside of the car with the driver. And, uh, yeah, really, really sets the tone to, here. <laughs> oh boy. Like we're talking, we're like 30 seconds in and people are just getting blasted by this guy. And, um, we find out that this guy is suffering from what's called cyber psychosis. And he just starts to destroy these night city police officers. And one of the cool things here is, uh, he has this implant called a sand devastating, which is like this, like spinal cord, like it's military technology. And basically it's almost like it allows him to move fast. Like you, and it does make him let him move fast, but it almost appears like time is slowing down around them. Like think Quicksilver from the X-Men movies, right? Yeah. So it's very, you get that kind of vibe. But what I really love is the animation for it. Like you get this kind of like color, like this, where you get like this different color, like rainbow after image uh, of the character. And I love that, you know, um, which we found out later, this guy's name is uh, Colonel James Norris, which is relevant later. But I love the scene where he activates the San Devastant, goes behind all the cops, and, like puts a bullet in their head, and they all just fucking drop. Like, so fucking cool. Um, yeah, anytime, but it eventually takes... Anytime, what? anytime they use like the San Devastant, like the, oh my the animation, God, and, like how it's done, and like them, like when... There's some moments where they'll like fast forward time and like kind of show you like mm-hmm. the entire sequence. Like there's a moment later with our main character where he like hops over a bad guy and like shoots him in the back of the head, but then like they rewind it for oh. you and then like <sighs> it just happens in a split second and it's like I don't know, just the way that it's animated is really cool. Yeah, it's it's beautiful to watch. And um so it eventually takes there's this group called Max Tech. Um that they're like when shit hits the fan, this is the group that's going to come clean up the streets. Um, and they basically hack hack into his system and neutralize him. And they go ahead and blast him away. But then it cuts to, you actually see that our, our main character here, young David Martinez, is actually like viewing this through like a little, um, like a little brain chip. Um, some kind of like neural interface. So he's basically watching this memory of this event. um, And he gets contacted by his, I guess the person who gave him this brain chip called uh, Doc, um, who becomes a much uh, bigger character later on. And uh, he mentions that he got this stuff from the, uh, there's a guy out there named Jimmy K that has these really crazy, like he, he, he's the one who has all these really sick, like, brain they call them brain dances and like these crazy like memory implants like he's got the best of the best so from there like that kind of lets us know what we're looking at in this world but then cody reality starts to set in david's not really living in the lap of luxury he lives with his mom she is uh she is working her ass off she like works she works like two jobs she's she's an emt and 
she's basically working herself to fucking death so David can go to like this pristine like private school. Um, yeah, and she was actually so she she was also on the scene of the Norris incident, right? Yes, yeah, which we find out here later on because that that is kind of the the event that catapults everything, all the events in motion. But uh, so David's big. So really, the thing here is that the. David's trying to get his school uniform washed so he can go to school, but the washing machine is actually, uh, I guess even the washing machine in the, each apartment runs on, like, coin, like you would in, like, a large city apartment with, like, a laundromat or, like, you know, coin-op. I've lived in apartment buildings that the laundry machine might not be in your unit, but it's coin-operated. So, basically, his, his clothes are fucked. They're all just wet, and he has to go to school, so he can't really wear his uniform, and his mom is sound asleep and he grabs her jacket and puts it over top of her, that kind of thing. And he also mentions that he has this update that he has this item that he uses for, I guess for his class and it needs a crucial update. And he's like, well, we need the money for it, which she doesn't have. She's waiting till payday. Um, and she says to David, like, you need to get the legal version of this update. Don't go fucking around with doc, which of course doc has already done that by the way, which we see here in a second. But then this is where, where we see the news about um, Lieutenant J uh, Lieutenant Colonel James Norris, his death and the fact that he is missing. Um, there, there's like some of his cyberware that's missing. And that's when he sees his mom like, oh, wow, you were there. You know what I mean? Um, but then, of course, they head to school. Um, yeah, and I'll, and I'll she's admit, actually not to interrupt you, mm -hmm. um, but no, I'll, I'll admit I didn't catch that part that some of his cyber gear was missing. I, I just kind of yep. like, you know, I guess I just kind of like glossed over that, like thinking, oh, that's just part of the news report. Um, um, and by the way, I love the, the heads up display, the HUD, like when, when phone conversations are happening. Oh, it's great. Like how it shows like it's each so person's messages cool. in a different color. Yeah. It made it yeah. seem like this was like one of the first shows I've watched in a while where I didn't think I needed the subtitles. I still kept them on. Mm-hmm. But I think that HUD mm -hmm. actually like provided like so much value. Um, yeah, I mean, and it was really really cool. It was, it was just that nice little aesthetic touch, right? Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, we know how shows are made th these days. Like everything's so damn quiet, mm -hmm. and you can't hear a thing. But like, so you got to have subtitles on usually like ninety percent of the time. But this show, like having the HUD just as a little extra mm -hmm. like, flair, and it like you said, it stylistically it fit the it fit mm -hmm. the show as well. Yep, and uh, David's mom, whose name is Gloria, she actually uh, she actually calls a somebody named Maine, but we don't know what they talk about because then it cuts to David with this really cool like. Now we're opening up the world. He's basically on his way to school, so we get this really cool like. I love the song that's playing the "Who's Ready for Tomorrow." Like it just kind of has like this burp, 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 like this really crazy, like this really fun like kind of bop to it. As he's going through, like the, uh, you know, through the streets on the train, things like that, and he ca he does catch a glimpse of a uh, this this gal with white hair with white hair, and then she's just immediately gone. Um, so we cut to him. He's at school. He he goes to Arasaka Academy. Arasaka is one of the corporations of Night City, and that's what you kind of realize. It's classic cyberpunk that corporations pretty much control everything. It's a the best way to describe cyberpunk, Cody, is, and this is a classic way to describe it, it's high-tech but low-life. Interesting, okay. So is, so is Arasaka and, like, Militech, are those actually, like, 
featured in the game or I want to say I want to say yes. Okay, I, like I know I, he, say I know they you are actual. Yeah, I know you haven't like played like the full thing, but Well, yeah, I told you. I spent most of my time just figuring out the right size of my dong, you know yeah. what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> dong customization, like you have to hang dong in that game. So like yeah, that's the that's the part you spend the most time on. Yeah, we, we've but, never um, had that feature in video games, right? We've always yeah, we like, we've never. We're making in my a, forty we're making, years of living, <laughs> yeah, like we're making a basketball player for like NBA two K, and we're like, yeah, he's gonna be seven foot tall. Um, yeah, and Cyberpunk comes nope. around, and they're like, how big do you want your dick to be? <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. The only other game I've ever known that has dong in it was fucking Custer's Revenge on the Atari. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that is it. And what is Custer's Revenge, you ask? <laughs> when you play like the spirit of General Custer and you go around fucking uh, Native American women to win the game. That's it. That is Custer's Revenge. This is a real-life video game? Holy yeah, shit. I swear to God. Google it. Google it right now. I Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. Yeah, I am on yeah, the case. Yeah, Google it right now. So uh, while you're doing that, we are at Arasaka Academy. Um, David's in class. There's a bully there, uh, Katsuo Tanaka, who's just definitely just the fucking chaddest of chads, the privileged of the privileged. Um, just talk shit about David, how his his, uh, his little fucking Google lens is looking like shit. His, he's not wearing his uniform. So, and at that point, um, we see that David had did in fact put that illegal hack inside of his uh, inside of his. Uh, I'm just gonna call it the Google Lens because it's really what it is. Um, and it causes like the whole fucking school system to crash. Like whatever their whatever infrastructure they're using has fucking crashed. So he's in deep shit. Um, it like damages the whole system. So now we cut to them in the principal's office, and Gloria's just like, "I'll pay for it," and like principles like like basically like saying look with your lifestyle and his attitude like you probably just shouldn't be here and she's like well my son is brilliant he has every right to be here and Cody shit goes south really quickly because now they're driving home you know mama dukes is mad with david she's like you know just wait till payday and but you know david of course is just like maybe i should just leave like this isn't me i'm not like them um and while they're talking cody they're just kind of caught in the middle of a fucking gang drive-by shooting so like david's talking and you see this fucking gun just out the window and they just kind of get caught in this crossfire which thankfully i mean i don't know if anybody got hit david didn't but their car got wrecked like flipped upside down and what and this is where like the 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 real shitty part like this is another trope of like cyberpunk uh like the genre where so there this the accident's gone one car's flipped over the the people that did the shooting are long gone david's upside down mom's been thrown clear from the fucking car she's in the street like just in a fucking heap and like the ambulance, like med tech or whoever it is shows up and they're like, they scan David and then they scan the mom. They're like, they don't have the right insurance. Fuck them. And then they just leave. And it's like, oh my God. So David has to go to like your classic, like what you see in most cyberpunk films, like an apartment building where like, this is also a hospital and some dude wearing like a butcher's apron comes out, like hands his mom stuff. She's like, ah, we'll do a, a trauma team is what they were called. Um, so 
basically there's a rundown hospital. She's she's like in surgery and she's like critical condition. And the the doctor's like, hey, you know, your mom needs to stay here overnight. We need to, um, you know, we just need to keep an eye on her. This is you know, this is just kind of what happens when you don't have insurance. And um, so David heads home, and of course he can't get into his fucking apartment, Cody, because because the rents do. Like they were in such financial dire straits. So he's just kind of like, like you start to realize how much, like how much his mom was sacrificing to keep David in this school. Cause she does not want him to be a part of the lifestyle that just ended up, you know, wrecking their fucking car. Right. So, so basically he, um, he's got his mom stuff. He breaks into the window to get into his apartment and inside his mom's jacket, he actually finds, um, this, this cyber implant, which Cody looks strangely like the one that was in Lieutenant Colonel James Norris. So he looks it up and finds out that it's a sand devastating. Um, so he calls doc and he's like, well, how much is this? How much could I get for this? And the doc's like, well, only 10 K. And he's like, well, fuck this. I like that's, that, that's not anything. So that's when he starts researching the same devastating, like, Oh shit. Like, like this thing was like custom. Like this was like top of the line fucking tech. Yeah, and, so. th- and this is kind of where you start to get like, all right, he he's he's gonna he's gonna go down this path and probably get this thing installed at some point because he was originally he was just trying to sell it, I think, just to pay for like his mom's. Like, yeah, yeah, he he needs the he needs the scratch. Right? There's nothing he can do. So, but of course, you know, he 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 looks into it more. But the next day, Cody, he gets you know, on the way to school. He gets fucking jumped by the the dipshit kids at school. Uh, what's his name? The the Chad kid is Katsuo uh, uh, uses like a fucking martial arts chip and just beats the shit out of David, dude. And Cody, to make matters worse, David's gotten his ass beat, and then he finds out his mom is dead. And what's really fucked up here, Cody, is that like he gets her her remains, or she's been cremated, and like he gets her remains from like a fucking like vending machine, like it's a can of Coke. Yeah, yeah, it is a. Uh... Man, David is like, having just a oh rough my go god, <laughs> dude, he's having a shitty day. And then like he gets a bunch. You know, while he um, you know, he he takes her jacket, you know, her her EMT jacket, which becomes his signature look pretty much for the rest of the show. Um, he's getting a bunch of voicemails. One from the principal, the one who was like, "Hey, this is what you owe for the system," and he's like, "Hey, you should probably go ahead and let David transfer." Um. So like, and and this is where like he goes back home, has to break through the fucking window again. Um, and he offers the, uh, he'll offer, he offers the sand devastating to doc again. This time doc is like 6,000 and he's like, you know what? Fuck this. Um, and then he gets a call from the shitty school bully. Who's like, Oh, Hey, uh, sucks that your mom's dead. You're still poor. You know what I mean? Like he just like, really, he said, this might be the worst day of this kid's life. So you know Chris, what he does, Cody? Chris, I fully expected like just a killing spree to ensue after like everything oh that this God, kid dude, went this through. Is, dude, what a <laughs> shitty day. And then again, it goes back, Cody, that the world is still turning. No one gives a fuck that this is going on. So what does David do? He takes that same Devastan, goes to Dawkins like, it's about, it's, he said, what does he say? He says, high time, I chrome the fuck up. And uh, that, that, Cody, that was a long-winded uh, take on our first episode, but we're setting the fucking pace yeah, about what, you know. No, yeah, I think you did a great job. And this is pretty much like the, 
It really sets like the wheel in motion um, for mm-hmm. what to expect because now our, our boy's chromed up and mm-hmm. yeah, he gets this thing. Uh, yeah, he gets this thing fucking implanted on him, and uh, well, and now he's um, want to say because now he's back in the um, he he's back. Doctors put the docs put the um the the sand devastan in him, and you know he's got to have some medicine to basically to um. What am I trying to say? Like to like to counteract uh, like think, the yeah, like to counteract it, but also like to to help his body like adapt. Um, because this has like these the cyber implants have side effects and things like that. Yeah, but what's so great here is uh, he David now he's back in school and bully's still talking shit, and uh, David beats the fuck out of this kid now. Here's the, like it, breaks it, his fucking nose. I love it. I love it. It's the best part of like the uh, the classic bully story is when they just get their shit rocked. Like it's like thank you, thank you. And we we all were waiting for that moment. Um, yep. And of course he's using the sand devastan. That's how he's able to just like just beat the shit out of this kid. And uh, he leaves the school, and then you know he's just walking through the streets. And I think David's kind of hit that boiling point, man. He is just. Uh, I think he's ready to go uh, go his own way. Am I supposed to start singing? You can go your uh, own you way. Go. Well, I, I actually paused to see if you looked up Custer's Revenge. Oh, Chris, I have the Wikipedia page pulled up. and um, <laughs> I'll take a quick <laughs> tangent here. Yeah. <laughs> Mystique, exactly, that's Mystique all you can presents do. presents Swedish erotica Custer's Revenge, an adult mm-hmm. action game published by blah, blah, blah. Um, game gained... <laughs> Notoriety owning to its goal of raping Native American women. This was a video game. Yes. What? How how yeah. was this released? <laughs> Tony, it was like 1983. Yeah, I see, 1982. It's like, yeah, it, like there were no... You could just put out anything back then, I guess. You could. You could literally do anything. Absolutely crazy. It's been wild. Crazy, yeah, crazy fucking things. wild. But yeah, uh, now that's I, I've learned something new once again. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> so that about, was the beginning of that was the first dong in video games, as far as I can remember. I, I think I think you're 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 correct, Chris. <laughs> I mean, I think that's really the only thing it's known for. Yeah, but uh, just about it, pretty much. So back to cyberpunk. So <laughs> David heads back to his home, and then there's a uh, recording of uh, David beating the shit out of. Uh, uh, Katsuo here, um, and we find out. I think we at this point was when we realized that the principal of Arasaka Academy is actually um, Katsuo's father. Um, and he, he's watching the video, but he's like, "Well, why, why do I give a shit about my son getting beat up?" And that's when he's like, "Well, that remember that that cyber that uh, that cyber implant that was missing from that uh, that crime scene the other night." It's in that kid, and he's like, "Whoa, wait a goddamn minute!" And they're like, "Okay, well, maybe we can use this kid now. Maybe he can be, um, maybe he can be a good test subject for us." So now they're just like, "Okay, well, let's uh, let let's try to get this kid back. Let's 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 see if we can get him to come back into school here." So, so basically, we cuts back to David, and he gets the call from the principal, but he's just like, "Whatever." And and correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, but. Mm-hmm. The principal is Tanaka, right? 
Yes. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make yeah, sure. Yeah, who was also who was also a um, who, who's also one of the executives, I believe, in uh, like a mid-level executive in the Arasaka Corporation. Um, yeah, he's got so, his dirty mitts and everything. It seems like. Oh, he's got his filthy fucking paws and everything. So, well, at this point now, David is uh basically he's you know he takes a shower, heads out to Night City, um, and he starts to realize while he's on the train that there or wait, well, yeah, there's a uh, he realizes that the girl with the white hair that he saw you know the other day on his way to school is basically using um they're basically stealing these these carts these end carts out of people on the train so he sees it she tries to take one from him but he uses the sand devastan and grabs her and she's like holy shit you know and so basically she realizes that he's got this sand devastan in him and like well why don't we work together um basically he's like well let's keep you know uh, i want to say she's um She's basically looking to steal these uh, these end carts specifically from people of the Arasaka Corporation, and she's like, "I'll give you know." She offers David a cut, like eighty twenty or something like that. And um, so I mean, it's fine. Yeah, but, man, but um, man, man so is start, strapped for cash, though. So. Yeah, he'll take it. Um, so they discuss their cut. David gets his. Uh, you know, David is pretty good at this. It turns out since he's got that sand devastan, and then he uh. He's, I guess he's used it a little too much because he, he gets a nosebleed and basically passes the fuck out. So, uh, yeah, we, we have a really weird, uh, we have a weird moment here. So, she calls an ambulance. They're actually in the back of the ambulance with the EMT. Um, and, um, they, the EMT discusses, uh, you know, what's going on and asks for the immunosuppressants. Um, and doesn't know any. She's like, well, I don't know anything about David's uh, insurance. But then she uh, mentions uh, Arasaka Academy. Um, but then at this point, the, the EMTs definitely uh, they, they they drive right past the hospital. And turns out they want to uh, go ahead and make some. Uh, they realize that that illegal implant, the Sandevastans in them, they want to make some uh, some cash. Which in this uh, in this universe, they're called eddies. That's what the money's called. So. Yeah, but it kind of it kind of brings it to the forefront, like what this world's all about, like money and power. Oh yeah, that's Rule. all it is, dude. Money. That is welcome to cyberpunk. It is money and power, high tech, low life. The corporations want every run everything, and at, the little folk just try to make it. They do whatever they can to make ends meet. Um, so Lucy kicks open the back of the ambulance, and they basically ride the stretcher back out to the uh, to the interstate. Um, so they have a nice little run on the stretcher and they get away from these, uh, from these EMTs. Um, and basically David, uh, says, Hey, take me to doc. Um, and of course, uh, Lucy takes him to doc and, um, doc gives, um, David the right medicine, um, which I believe she, oh, well, they can only pay for a small amount. I think it's like two or three days worth. Um, and he kind of suggests that, you know, we, sh if you can't get the right amount of money, you should probably you know take this implant out because i mean he's like david probably can't last much longer with this thing and then he started he kind of mentions you know the cyber psychosis that goes along with with you know overusing and having too many of these implants um but david ain't, he ain't about that life so he uh pieces out where lucy's outside waiting for him and um they actually uh she invites david back to his back to her apartment and you know they're just hanging out they're having a beer she talks about how she wants to go to the moon they just kind of talk to each other have a really nice conversation and get to know each other um 
So they link into the simulation. They go on the moon and they have, they have a nice, um, you know, fun little conversation, Cody, until we get a, uh, until we get a, interrupted by a voice that says, uh, you fell over the edge punk. And, uh, we are quickly brought back to reality. And, uh, David is staring face to face with a big motherfucker and a couple of goons. Yeah. Unfortunately, our, our boy, David, it was caught into a ploy. It seems, um, this kind of yep. rolls right into the next episode, and we are introduced to uh, some more of our, pretty much our main characters. Um, yeah, we are introduced to Maine and the group, and uh, the big thing here, Cody, is uh, we find out Maine, this is the same Maine that um, Gloria, David's mom, was talking to, and we kind of find out here that uh, he, he Gloria was going to be selling him uh, Maine, the Sand Devastant. Yeah, so yeah, because she, she needed the money. I'm guessing she took it off of Norris and then was planning to sell it to him, right? Correct. That's exactly what was going on. Like stole and, it from uh, Norris is like body, I guess is a better way to put that. But yep, and uh, the two goons that are there with Maine are Dorio and Pilar. And I'm trying to remember. I think Pilar is the the yeah Pilar is the guy with like the he looks like Carl Urban is how I <laughs> how I describe him. Yeah, he is. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca's brother. Yep, and and then and Maine's ready to just send this kid packing before he realizes that uh, he mentions that uh, he, that he's that Gloria's his mom. So, and then he, it's a uh, you know, and he kind of feels bad for the kid, but he also realizes that like that David can actually handle this implant. Um. And it's surprising that he can, you know, he can use it like multiple times before he is put out of commission. So, you know, Maine's like, all right, well, that's pretty impressive. So he basically lets him join uh, his group. Um, though David is still pretty bummed that Lucy turned out to be playing the, um, you know, playing, you know, basically playing him to to get him over to Maine, essentially. Um, so he pieces out, goes back home, and just really just starts staring at his mom's uh, ashes. Um, so he, the next day he's ignoring another message from the principal who's really wanting him to get back into school. Um, and, um, the only thing and he tells him is all you got to do is apologize, uh, to Katsuo. And basically he's just like, Nope. Um, but then he gets fuck a call that. from Maine <laughs> to meet up. Yeah. How about fuck that? Um, and then um, David goes to meet up with Maine, and we're introduced to another member of Maine's crew named Kiwi. So, the, the, what they're doing here is they're um, they have a um, this is like their first kind of heist where they have to get like um, they're looking to get some navigation data uh, for a bodyguard uh, and a driver for the Arasaka for an Arasaka executive. Um, so. Basically, what they're going to do is, I want to say they've manipulated like a sporting event that he's going to be at. Um, so they manipulated it so he, uh, this driver, loses all his money. So he heads to the uh, he heads to the bar where uh, he runs into Rebecca, who basically spills a drink on him and basically pats down his junk to wipe it off. You know what I mean? So they uh, and I will say uh, David steals the um, the data from him, meets Lucy out in the car. 
Let's see. I'm trying to remember what happens. Yeah, it's yeah, a um. Shit kind of hits the fan here. Uh, yeah, they they don't get the job done in time. Is basically what happens. Yeah, and they they basically have to steal this this limousine. Um, yeah, and you know, like a yeah. Obviously, we get like a big car chase that ensues. Um, exactly, which is really cool. Which is really really cool. Um, and then I want to say this ends up they, being I, there. They get chased by two uh, by two other like Tiger Claw members. Yeah, these two like biker guys, um, and I'm pretty sure they mm-hmm. they actually have them like at gunpoint at the towards the end of this car chase, and then Maine comes to the rescue and saves them. Yeah, basically, uh, I want to say Maine ends up running over one of them. Um, Lucy fucking like she uses like that little wire thing she has and like cuts one of them to fucking pieces. Yeah, yeah, and then of course yeah. after after all the the action kind of settles down, um, Maine's impressed mm-hmm. with David, um, and. Yeah. Kinda, we we've got our we've got our newest member of the bunch. Um, yep, and uh, Maine does suggest that uh, David goes uh, that he should get a little more chrome, um, just because I mean he, his body can't really handle like without more chrome. Eh, chrome is you know what they call implants. His body's gonna have a hard time using that um, that uh, that sand devastan. Of course, it's just like this big like you know what you would see in a movie where you know people are just outside drinking beers, entertaining, just having a good time. Um, and I want to say here, this is where we meet. Um, there, uh, there's a car that shows up. This is where we meet, like the person who Maine is doing jobs for, um, a character named Faraday, who is voiced by uh, Giancarlo Esposito. So basically, he, he, Faraday is like, well, I, I want to say he says that this uh, this data just isn't what he needed. Like the the data he got was useless. Trying to remember here. I'm just shocked. I didn't realize that was Giancarlo Esposito, but it definitely is. I don't know how that slipped my mind. Um, my yep. Bad. Yeah. That's. Uh, that's. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. That's. Uh, that's Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. It sure is. That's. I was like, because I was trying to think of who yeah. he was, because I noticed that mm-hmm. uh, Ascalad's voice actor was in this as well. Yeah. He plays um, another guy, which we'll get to in a second. Um, mm-hmm. My bad. I didn't mean to throw it, throw you off there. Um, but yeah, basically Faraday. Uh, he was the one that brought the job to Maine and his crew of stealing this navigation data, and the reason they did it was to basically obtain information on Tanaka, the principal of the schools. Yep. And he's like a, a higher up for the Arasaka Corporation. For the Arasaka. Okay, I get Arasaka and what's the other one? Millennium or shit? There's so many. Militech is what it is. Militech, yes. I get those two confused because our boy Faraday. Because then you also have Max Tech as well. Well, Faraday eventually is going to be trying to play both sides, yeah, and he, yeah. he he's just looking for his own power. I think Faraday um, is the cause of my confusion because I, do, I never know. Like he he switches sides as, as many times as he possibly can in this ten episodes. Um, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And uh, I want to say the end. Um, I want to say basically this episode ends. Um, with the, 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 it just with Faraday basically giving them another job, and uh, David pretty much calling the principal, but doesn't intend doesn't intend to apologize. I think tells the principal to fuck off, um, and then uh, he starts looking for Lucy when she's gone. Which uh, of course, our girl Rebecca here. Rebecca is my favorite character in the fucking show, by the way. Yeah, old little tyke Rebecca. She is a she's a hothead. <laughs> yeah, she she is a fucking psychopath. 
Yeah, and then... But anyway, who's also Pilar's sister. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then and moving into episode four, this is kind of like our... Um, mm-hmm. Sort of like a time skip-ish episode, I'll say. Like, it's it's kind of like where mm-hmm. you see like them going on various odd jobs. Um, and kind of just him learning the ropes from Maine. Um, and, like, learning, like, he's going jogging with Lucy at night to get his stamina up. If we see him, like, constantly going to the dock, getting new parts put into him. And, like, you can kind of see, like, even, like, his skin, like, you can start to see, like, there's, it's not like, he's starting to become less and less human uh, and get more and more uh, chrome, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I want to say here, um... Like this is where uh, this is one where they have they have, they like go and rescue Rebecca, which I like this 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 is a really cool kind of montage episode. Um, and this is this this is where like now that he's part of the crew, the um, this is where the like the action really really uh, kicks up because Cody in this episode, you know, at, they're 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 heading home from one of their uh, from from the bar. And uh, there's this homeless guy like taking a piss on top of this, uh, like you know, like like a like a like a trailer, like a digital, like just a dumpster or whatever. And uh, Lars like talking to this guy and Cody. All of a sudden, this guy whips around like a gun, like from his arm, and just blows Pilar's fucking head off, dude. Yeah, just he thought it was just gonna be like a. <laughs> A carefree episode, like it, it shifted oh gears God, dude. very quickly. Just fucking blows. Like, oh, wait, we just met this guy, and he is fucking dust already. Like, he is real fucking dead. Um, and then of course uh, we realize whatever whatever's going on with this guy. Like, he he he's very reminiscent of what we saw with James Norris in the first episode. Is suffering from cyber psychosis, and then this guy's a fucking monster to take down. And they eventually get him, but um, not like you know, not without like really like being put to the test here. Like Rebecca was ready to fucking die to kill this guy, but uh, but Maine had to like get her out of the way. Like Lucy was like ducking and covering. Um, I want to say it was eventually just Maine and um, Maine and um, David that ended up taking this guy out. Yeah, um, but obviously they lost well, one of their own. Our our boy Pilar, we just got to know him. He just got a new set of hands, and uh, yeah, and, uh, well, he he needs to find himself a new fucking head because yeah. it is in pieces. I love how they showed it like five times, his head exploding from like oh my every god, <laughs> fucking teens and meat just going everywhere. Holy shit! Um, hey Cody, we're here at the halfway point, so we're still trying to find more, you know more leads on old Tanaka here. Um, and they they learn that he uses uh, those same brain dances created by somebody named J.K., which David is like, oh, shit, that's Jimmy K. He's the one who does, like, all these crazy, like, brain dances. Um, and, you know, th- this this guy is, like, the best of the best. So what they do is they're like, well, let's fucking kidnap J.K., which this guy's no fucking slouch. He uh, basically gets past all the gang, fucks with them, captures David. Which we get this really cool scene where he's just he's basically trying to force cyber psychosis on David by making him live through these crazy like brain dances to the point where he won't know what's real and what isn't. Yeah, and not not to jump back too far, uh, but that last episode mm-hmm. we also end 
Uh, David and our girl Lucy have like a, a nice nightcap. They together. do share a little smush, yeah. They yeah. little smoochy smooch. They've no cheeks are the... beat yet, but this will take her to the moon, though. You know, fly yeah. me to the moon. Yeah, I love it. I love it. But uh, which, of course, you know, because they're starting to their love is starting to blossom. She wants to go get David. She's ready to fucking she's ready to die for this guy already, which is weird. That, that that's very quick. That's very quick, especially since she was ready to sell him up the fucking river um, to Maine literally two episodes ago. Yeah, we, we got a stage five clinger here, Chris. Yeah, we've got a stage. We definitely got a stage <laughs> five clinger. But uh, but basically, the, the gang gets there just in time. Lucy and Dorio are there uh, to save David. Um, and well, they basically give they, they you know, I want to say they're able to stop Tanaka and all of his little machinations. Um, and he's like, well. He decides to go ahead and help them to lure Tanaka into their little trap. Um, and um, he does, but he does make sure David's aware that, you know, that Sen Devastan you have is going to like, some crazy foreshadowing here. He's like, this will, this will affect you. You will suffer from cyber psychosis. Um, and uh, Tanaka shows up. The trap is sprung. It's basically like a game of mouse trap, Cody. You know, you turn the crank and snap the plank and shoot the ball right down, shoot the marble right down the chute. Chris, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I never knew how to set up a mouse trap board. I'm gonna be honest. Oh, really? We, we just tried oh, our best man. and just put it up, and then we're just like, all right, let's just go play something else. You know, <laughs> let's go grab <laughs> sorry or trouble checkers. or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> something simple. It's kind of like Clue. Like we would get Clue all set up, and then we'd be like. How do we actually play this again? And be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> All I know is, <laughs> yeah, I'm Mr. Plum. You're Mrs. Peacock. Who cares? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a wrench. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, so they spring the trap. Uh, Tanaka, honestly, not one to go out um, without a bang. There's actually a trap that is sprung that actually ends up like a bunch of needles. Uh, one of them gets JK right in the fucking throat, so uh, homeboy is dead. Yeah, no, what, I mean, he served his purpose, right? They captured him. Exactly, he got he, exactly, and uh, they have to fucking they have to boogie from this location before the trauma team gets there. So uh, yeah, and the, they basically uh, they uh, take Tanaka and peace out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. There's Night uh -huh. City PD, and then like uh -huh. the next stage up is the trauma team, or. <sighs> Trauma team is trauma team is basically like, is that like I, I would medics? assume that's for well I would assume trauma team is like medics for people that have insurance because okay. trauma team typically only shows up when uh, there's somebody worth a damn there which in this case Tanaka is who they were coming for um, but they got Tanaka they got away with it and then um what happens here on this next episode Cody is um we're we're a member of our gang is really starting to uh, develop signs of cyber psychosis, and it's not David; it's actually Maine. Yeah, our boy Maine. Unfortunately, the jet to uh, David yeah. Spike Spiegel. Um, he is That's right. Um, he's having the shakes. He, uh, he's, he's having, having like all kinds of shit. Yeah, Hallucinations, it's, mood it's, swings. It's like early onset of like, and this is what I really love about this stuff, Cody. It's like the early onset of like shit, like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Like you just your your body's acting weird and it's subtle at first. You know you're blacking out. You're having hallucinations. You're having these mood swings. Your your motor skills are um 
And uh, so what they're doing is they're uh, they're hacking into uh, Tanaka, basically his uh, the cyberware he's got in his in his brain to try to uh, like they're doing a deep dive to try to get the information they need. Um, well, and because Maine has started going batshit, he attacks Kiwi like not like, fucking like rips her fucking face off almost. It seems like. Yeah, he beats the shit out of Kiwi, and Kiwi is obviously in the middle of a. She's doing some important shit here, and, uh, and that, like, that... of all the things Maine could have done, this was like the worst thing. Now, is what Kiwi, what she's doing, is that considered net running? Is that what that is? Yeah, she's pretty much. Uh, yeah, net running is exactly what you're kind of looking at here. It's this. It's that that Matrix style hacking. Okay. Right, that's what she's doing. I was just trying, and, to, uh, trying to differentiate between net running, edge running. I mean, there's so many. There's a lot of terminology in this show. Um, uh-huh. I was just trying to make sure that's yeah. what she was doing. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. main, main beats the shit out of her, and then of course, when they kind of get him under control, uh, Lucy agrees to take Kiwi's spot. Yep, and she starts doing the deep dive, and this is where we find out. Like this, I don't remember if it's here or later on, but this is what we realize that this is what Lucy was like made for. This type of uh, this type of information extraction, um, but what's crazy is while Lucy's diving into Tanaka's mind, he actually like wakes up, which is like, oh fuck, like we need to get him back under, um, and he's basically like trying to go David, letting him go, like, oh please let me go, you'll be fine at the academy, like you know, you'll uh, you know, once they get the information, the your your crew, they're they're all gonna kill you, like it doesn't matter, um. But, um, so while this hesitation for like David to get Tanaka back under actually causes his, um, his neural implants to, uh, short out, which I want to say it, da- it could damn near kill Lucy, but Dorio is able to, uh, save him, which Dorio, by the way, is Maine's girl. Like that's, that's his main squeeze. She's, she's a sturdy woman. Oh, Dorio. Yeah. Dorio is, I think one of like the, one of my favorite, like, she's just like, not like a. She's just like a a good, I don't know. I don't want to say side character, but she's not like at the forefront of a lot of things. Um, but she is like ride or die for our boy Maine. Yep. And uh, well, what's happening here is um, so because of what's going on with the implant, um, because they um they they've disabled the jammer, and since the neural implant shorted out, trauma team is on the way. Um, because Tanaka's vitals are like gone. And the police department is on the way as well. So the boys need to fucking split. But Maine is uh, Maine is not well. So basically, Maine's going. He starts sending everybody away, like Lucy and David. Like, they get to the car. Just get the you know, get the fuck out of here. So Maine's Maine's basically like you can tell the jig is up. Like his cyber psychosis is setting on very very quickly, and um. You know, Maine and Dorio are there to basically, you know, kind of, you know, like I said, throw the cops off the trail, get David and Lucy out of here. But um, Maine's cyber psychosis gets really, really heavy. And uh, our girl Dor- uh, Dorio gets, uh, she gets fucking blasted here. It's like, she's dead. She is very fucking dead. And yeah, um, yeah they almost have like their, their final stand here. Um, well, they do. Yeah, and David. When with Dario dead, Maine, uh, not Maine, David actually goes back in to try to like rescue Maine. And he's got Dar- like Dario like on this fucking thing with all these explosives. And David's like, well, I'm fucking here, dude. Let's do this. And uh, 
No, he, he tells David to get the fuck out of here because he uh, he goes ahead and lights this uh, lights this fucking candle that he's got going on. And um, yeah. we get a really cool like slow motion explosion scene here. I really like it. Yeah, I I am glad that they get like that Maine actually can return back to like his human side for a second here to have like these final words with David because David yep. really like looks up to him like that's like you know, mm-hmm. David has nothing outside of this crew. Um pretty much yeah, he's he's at this point he's starting to lose everything. And I love throughout this episode we see these scenes. I assume this is Maine before he had all these cyber implants where he's like running through the desert and I guess that's just kind of like symbolism for his human side. Or maybe it's, you know, memories of, you know, time when he was younger. I'm honestly not sure. But, um, yeah, he uses the Sandevistan, gets out of there. Maine and Dorio is already dead. Maine is, he explodes with that really cool scene where everything, like his flesh and everything are like melting off. And it cuts back to the car and Lucy's like so worried about David. But then it cuts back to the car and David's sitting in the car with, uh, with Maine's arm. That's all he's got left. Yeah, which uh, earlier in like one of the other episodes, Maine or uh, David was kind of like eyeing up his arms. He's like, "You, you one day you'll grow into him or something like that." He said like something exactly along those lines, and so now he has this. Um, and then Chris, we kind of we move we we skip ahead a couple months here. Um, yeah, we've got a little time skip here where David is like jacked and got more uh, got more chrome in him. He's like the leader of the group now. Um, he actually has Maine's arm now as well. Yeah, he's just like, like he grew up, but I mean, obviously it's just a bunch of cyber parts and like, you know, yep. you start and, to worry. Uh, and Lucy has actually left the crew. Lucy's just kind of like chilling, yeah, like her- just with David. She's like living with David now. Yeah. Like they, they live together and they're like a couple obviously. Um, but she is, she wants no part really in the edge running for, for now at least. Yep, and since David's in charge now, um, basically, um, I want to say the, the episode starts with them working a job, and they've got this little like no, this new guy on the crew. Which this is that scene you were talking about, where he uses the sand devastating and like blows that thing, that guy's head off. Um, oh, and they rewind and it. Lo- yeah, I think yeah, this, I think, this is that scene. Yeah, I think that might be like one of my favorite, and it's just a small little scene, like. They they get confronted by like you know some little grunt guy, and he just like mm-hmm. uses his new parts to like jump over him and do like the cool like slow motion sans devastating effect, mm-hmm. and then shoot him in the back of the head. But, like when they rewind it and flash it forward, I just thought it was so cool. Like just such a neat little Dude. scene. Well, and right after that, we get my favorite scene in the whole show where the new guy's running up to the door, triggers a fucking trap, and just explodes <laughs> on the spot. Yeah, they're like, no, wait, and then. Dude, splat. his fucking arm. Like his arm just like yeah. splat. <laughs> the stub of his arm like hits the ceiling still holding the gun and the gun just falls out of the hand. I was like, God damn, that was great. It was <laughs> so great. And you're just like, oh well. And I, I think it was like Rebecca who was like, oh, I like that kid or something like that. It was fun. Um, which also too, Rebecca looks different at this point. She's got these big old fucking like gorilla hands now. Yeah, she got like a, almost like rock'em sock'em robot hands on. That's right. Yeah, she's she is she is ready to party. Um, and then after they complete this job, uh, David is actually approached by Faraday, who's basically offered him a a job from uh for a Militech job. Um, basically is like a test to see. It's like, well, I mean, 
we're still trying to get that data from Tanaka. He was still hiding some data. We, um, you know, you want to give it a shot. You know, this is your chance. Um, but you should probably try to recruit Lucy again. And this is where David comes home and you realize those two are, you know, they're a thing. They're living together. Um, and this is where you get more of Lucy's backstory, where you find that she was, uh, she was actually like part of this like group of like net runners that could do like this deep dive, um, to recover like all this data. Um, and a lot of them were killed, um, by doing these dives because of like, um, like computer viruses and like malware and shit like that. Um, and she was actually, she actually escaped from Arasaka and that's how she ended up in night city. And that's how, you know, she ended up with, uh, with Maine and her crew and his crew. Um, and, but now she's just like, you know, she just, she wants to leave that life behind and she just wants to have a life with David. That's really kind of how it is. Yeah, we get we get her full like backstory. Um, kind of a tragic upbringing, really. She was basically like mm-hmm. created to be this net runner, um, and now she's kind of gotten away from that. And now she's, you know, she's got her, her man David, and she cares about you know. That, that's like her. That that's what she cares about. She doesn't want to be involved in all this stuff anymore. But unfortunately, she's yep. gonna get drugged back into it, whether she likes it or not. Um, Absolutely, because I want to say she um, she finds like an Arasaka agent um, who I want to say has to deal with uh, data from Tanaka's records um, that she uh, she finds. Because I want to I can't remember if it's this episode or the next episode where David like kills the doctor and this uh, I guess this uh, this doctor and their assistant like uh, the lab director that's what it is. Because um, episode eight, Cody is where we're at right now, and this is rough. Because now it's happening to David, the the early onset cyber psychosis. It's happening pretty quickly. It's too much that 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 uh, that Sam Devastan is just too much for him. So yeah, this is where they go on Faraday's job, and basically, uh, you see, mm-hmm. you see like this kind of douchebag like director guy like tell his like assistant to go grab something for him. She's trying to get off early because mm-hmm. her kids got like a graduation or something. Um, and that's when yep. David comes in, takes him out, and then she comes back, and she, you know, she's just an innocent bystander. She has nothing to do with, you know, the mission. Um, but you see, like David's yep. got the crazy eyes, like Maine had, like uh, Norris had, like you, you, you can see the the writings on the wall, and he he kills her as well. Um, and we start to see like flashes of like. Uh, almost like, like his mom yeah, and shit like, like that. Her to his mom because she had a kid and all this stuff, and it's like, man, like mm-hmm. you can just start seeing like he's starting to unravel. Yeah, you kind of understand very quickly that this isn't gonna be like a happy ending kind of story. Uh, yeah, the life, the life is starting to catch up with him. And I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one where they're where David and Rebecca. It might be the next episode where they're out like on a mission, and David like almost lets his guard down and uh he almost gets blasted by this woman and old rebecca fucking pumps her full of lead dude like <laughs> fucking running her now <laughs> dude fucking pumps that bitch full of lead so she shoots her once and she like spins through the air shoots her again she does a full 360 again shoots her again i was like and just keeps on shooting her yeah, yeah. becca was not fucking yeah, I, can, I think like, that was in this episode. It's either this one or the next one, but it reminded me of uh-huh. like shooting a body or like meleeing a body in like Halo Three. How the body would just like yeah. flop through the air, <laughs> just ragdoll <laughs> like a motherfucker. 
Yeah, it was pretty great. But the big thing that's happening in this episode, Cody, is we're we're getting a lot more about Faraday's like motives. He's he 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 thwarts an assassin an assassination attempt, which believe he believes came from Militech. So then he's like, "Well, let's let's work with uh, with Arasaka." Um, so I was in revolving a uh, I was he wants to work with Arasaka involving the Cyber Skeleton Project, which is what. Panaka actually wanted David for in the first place back when he was like, well, he can be used for our special project, like in the earlier episodes. This cyber skeleton thing is what he wanted David for, just because of how well he could use the uh, sand devastating. Um, so, what is that? I want to say basically, uh, Arasaka is like, well, I I, I want to say they they let him back on if he basically gets David to get the to to do this to. to get the cyber skeleton and like use it so Arasaka can basically use David to take care of Militech. Like, this is where all the corporate like espionage and back, back and forth comes in. It is fucking cutthroat out there. Um yeah, yeah I think so I think mm-hmm. Faraday's working with Militech, but Arasaka goes to, also working. to attempt to kill him and then Faraday's mm-hmm. like goes to Militech well, asking for protection. Yeah. Well he goes to Militech asking for protection and they're like, no, your lack of results on getting this his data from Tanaka, mm-hmm. blah, 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 and that causes him to switch back to Arasaka and work with them and mm-hmm. contact them on this, uh, this cyber skeleton thing. While yeah, still, because all he wants is power. Yeah, while still, you know, working with Militech, he, he's playing both sides of, uh, of, the, of the coin here. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, of course, we're, you know, David, he's showing more symptoms of the cyber psychosis. I want to say even Doc's like, dog, you need to, like, you need to stop. Um, scale back, and of course, I don't, I don't think we see Doc anymore after this. I think they're done. Um, so David wants to get with Lu- uh, get Lucy back into the fold uh, to take care of these missions, but then Lucy has something that she needs to handle. Which this is where she gets captured. Uh, there's actually a um, uh, trap set by Faraday and Cody. Not just uh, not just Faraday, but we've got the old fucking heel turn here. Uh, our girl Kiwi is working with Faraday. You hate to see it. You just hate to see it. My God, my God, that son of a bitch! You know the crew is already down to it. So we're we're on our last legs, and then the heel turn. It's like you bitch. Yep. You and bitch. Because the big thing here, the, what the re, well, the main reason Lucy hasn't been, you know, she's been more concerned with David and hasn't been doing anything and been keeping a low profile is because she knew that Tanaka wanted David for David for that cyber uh, that test subject for that cyber skeleton. Um, and I want to say that basically she was the one who I'm trying to remember if it was her that killed, she killed Tanaka to make sure he didn't say anything to David about the, uh, about she's the one who shorted the neuro implant to make sure she didn't say, make sure he didn't spill the beans to David about what she wants him to do. Cause I, I think she was worried that he was going to fucking do it. Yeah. And this is also why she's been killing these Arasaka agents. Like kind of like, yep. Randomly at the end of an episode, she'll kill. You'll see her kill a guy, and yep. and that's why it's to prevent like Tanaka's data from getting out and reaching. She just wants to protect David, essentially. Um, yeah, pretty much. Information, but yep. And I want to say the so basically he's going to be using um he's going to he's Faraday is using now that captured Lucy and David basically as a bargaining chip so he can secure his high corporate position in Arasaka. Um, 
So he assigns David to go ahead and assault this convoy that's carrying the cyber skeleton. And uh, he, uh, so he's got the, he's got the old gang back. He's got Kiwi, um, that two time and bitch. He's got Rebecca and Cody. We got the smoothest mustache in the game, which we've only seen him kind of briefly throughout the show at this point, but our man, Falco, Falco, the best fucking wheel man in the game. Yeah. The wheel man, the getaway driver for the bunch. Um, that's right. They call him baby driver. You can't have a, you can't have a good anime without a guy with a mustache. I'm telling you. That's right, man. Can't happen. He's just in the front seat, rocking out to bell bottom, baby (laughs) driver. Seen that. What a great movie. Um, so they basically, they, they're able to, uh, they're able to seize the cargo, which they realize is the cyber skeleton. So while they're, while they've got the cyber skeleton, they realize that, Oh shit, we are surrounded by Militech. And, um, yeah, it's like a Militech ambush. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Kiwi, so Kiwi makes her escape. And I want to say here, this is where, uh, where, um, Falco actually realizes that Kiwi is, uh, doing the double cross. Um, cause she like shoots him, but doesn't kill him. So he, uh, basically they're all just cornered him. Falco, Rebecca, and David are all like cornered in this truck with this cyber skeleton. They're kind of, what the fuck are we going to do? So Faraday actually um, uses a, basically uses like a recording of Lucy to basically trick him into putting on the cyber skeleton. Um, yeah, because they have Lucy so, captured and Faraday knows that. Uh, right. As long as he, he, he'll he, do what she says. Yeah, he uses like the, her phrase, like "I believe in you" or "I'll believe in you" or something like that to get him basically yep. to put the cyber skeleton on and um, pretty much and, lay waste also to this happens, entire convoy. Um, but go ahead. Yep. And uh, well, Lucy does escape and is able to warn David, but it's kind of past the point of no return. Um, so because David is now jacked into this cyber skeleton and. Um, he just fucking lays waste to all of the Militech forces, like using this, like, like this gravity, like, um, like this gravity, like creator that it has in this thing. Just the the shit he does to these people, Cody, is awful. Like, he, like magnetizes all their guns to oh him. Oh my god! Sprays them all down. He's crushing them with like gravity things. Oh like, my! He's got all the bells and whistles on this thing. Um, yep. And he's like, we're going to, we're going to, and he basically tells the crew, we're going to fucking, we're going to get the crown. We're going to save the town. <laughs> That's right. We're going to so, get, we're going to get Lucy away from this, this scum Faraway or Faraday, excuse me. Yep. And this, uh, this last episode, Cody is all action because Dave there, you know, we got the getaway call. We got the getaway, uh, chase scene. Um, David is, you know, fighting his way through Militech. Arasaka, Max Tech, you know, Rebecca and Falco, like Rebecca's basically keeping David alive by giving him all these vials of whatever medicine is left. Meanwhile, David is losing his fucking mind. Yeah, like he, he is yeah, they're, they're, he is not there. He is mentally not there. Yeah, and the only thing that's keeping him going are these vials from Doc, which Doc gave him like the last remaining stuff that he could. And he, yep. He said like once you take the last vial, that's I mean you're that's it. Yep. And meanwhile, Kiwi's ready to just skip town, and Faraday's like, well, you know, meet me one last time. I'll get your payment. And she's just like, fuck. Like, she's, like, wondering, why am I doing this? And she meets up with Faraday, and uh, Faraday's ready to t- kill her and tie up all his loose ends. So, basically, the, he has some goons chase her down, and uh, they, they get her. They shoot her, but uh, before she ends up dying, she basically uh, 
tell she she gives David the hot tip of where Faraday and Lucy are located. Um, and they're at Arasaka Tower. So we have this great scene where David like jumps into the helicopter, which crashes into our soccer tower while Falco and Becca just go crashing into the fucking like fountain outside of the tower. Cause that's where they're all headed in this crash scene. And, um, well they get in there and, um, David's in the tower killing the guards. He gets Lucy and, uh, puts a couple bullets here into Faraday. Um, well, Cody, Arasaka's got a, uh, they've got a weapon of their own, and uh, it comes in the form of the, the elite, the legendary, the ass, the one-seater ass-beater, um, cyberpunk, call him what he is, he's more, he's more machine than man, as it were, and we're talking about Adam Smasher. Um, Adam Smasher is just like, what the fuck are these big? These guys just are not like these are small fry. Like they they don't stand a fucking chance. Yeah. And uh, like when Adam when holy uh, when Smasher shit. showed up, I was like, I don't think we're winning this fight. Like I don't. Like, oh yeah, dude. I was <laughs> like, this show is either ending with everybody dying or we're gonna have a to be continued in season two. Well, Cody, these last few minutes of this show are at a breakneck pace, and I can tell you right now. There, there's not going to be a season two involving these characters because Adam Smasher just fucking lays waste to everything that moves. Um, during the fighting, like trauma team comes up and grabs a uh, fucking Faraday. Well, David ain't having none of that, so he's saying Deva stands around, gets rid of trauma team, and like, but also, but Adam Smasher kind of can do the same thing, man. Adam Smasher's built for this shit. David is not, and David is losing his mind worse and worse like i love the way like they do their eyes when they're like full-on cyber psychosis they kind of like digitize and like move around yeah and they're very like shaky looking yeah. like it looks very cool um exactly fortunately our boy faraday falls to his death and just oh, fucking beautiful explodes and all of his four eyes go rolling around i was like thank you thank you for that yeah well, um, and uh, well, they get uh, they get lucy to safety with rebecca and falco so Rebecca's talking to Lucy and she sees uh, David. Uh, I want to say David has fallen out um, and is now on the ground with everybody else. Uh, but he's like, he's just kind of fucked. And Adam Smasher comes on down after him. And Cody, this scene, oh, this hurt my soul. Rebecca sees him coming down. She is firing, talking, all this shit. Next thing we know, Adam Smasher just smashes her head clean through her ass. She is so dead. Yeah, she, she is, is, she is, is street is, meat, Chris. She is. She is fucking street pizza. And then, she is done. Yeah, and then of course he turns, because this is before Lucy gets out of there. He turns on Falco, and I, yeah. this is where I got worried for my stash man. Oh, man. Uh, Holy he just, shit. He just gets, uh, he gets punched, I think, and then like his arm goes flying off. Um, yeah. But he's alive. Yep, he's and, alive. Uh, <laughs> yep. and he gets—he actually gets Lucy out of here. And basically, and, and Lucy's like, "Well, where are we going?" He's like, "Nope, I promised David I would get you out of here, no matter what." Which at this point, you know, David is trying his best to hang with Adam Smasher, and uh, he like David is just gone. Like he's just a shell of what he was. Adam Smasher's ripping him to pieces. David's on the ground. Lucy and Falco are gone. And Adam Smasher basically just walks up to David and just puts a fucking bullet through his head. Yeah, just, Like, that's just, it? Just kills our main character, but you know... Yeah, yeah. And he knows. He's fine because he knows Lucy is safe, and that's all he wanted. Yeah. 
Um, and then, of course, we, we kind of fast forward a little bit, and we see Lucy fulfilling her dream to, uh, she bought one of those $250,000 tickets to go to the moon, Chris. Yeah, baby, that, now we're cooking. Yep. So she and, uh, that's kind of where the show ends, with her on the moon, just thinking about David and just, you know, fulfilling her dream. Yeah, just a nice, a nice bow on, on a pretty, a, a, a tr- pretty tragic story, honestly. Um, dude, it, it did not end any way that I thought it was going to, but like, you kind of knew like what, once, once he put on that cyber skeleton, you were like, Oh, he's dead. Like he is fucking gone. Cause that just accelerated the cyber psychosis. Um, yeah, and I mean, you could kind of see like things were taking a turn for the worse. Like after you saw like what was happening with Maine and then we go to the time skip and it's like, David's doing yep. the exact same shit. Like he 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 didn't yep. he didn't learn a lesson from when what happened to Maine. Like he just no, went down the same path, unfortunately. Um, he did, and yeah, it was rough. It, it's a very I mean o- overall the show just a very well contained story in mm-hmm. ten episodes. I mean you don't need any more of this. Uh, I hope we get more. Um, not with these characters specifically. I hope we get mm-hmm. more. You know stories from Night City or you know whatever the case may be. Because absolutely. Uh, Trigger Studio, these guys know what they're doing. Um, cool. And they can tell bigger, better stories, because from what I understand with the game, Cody, Adam Smasher isn't even, like, the best. Like, he's good, but he's not, like, remotely, like, one of the more renowned. Like, I want to say, like, he's not even, like, in the top ten or something like that. Yeah, so there's plenty more they can they can do with and it. There's, and then, there's a lot of ass beaters out there that they could tell a story. And the, the city's so big and it's so rich, they could give us so many characters. Like I, I, I hope they don't. I, I honestly, I don't want to see any more of Lucy Falco or anybody. Like, I want their story to be done. Like they've, they've, they're good. They, they've called it quits. Yeah, maybe them give give them like a. Like a cameo, like one of the like the classic like Marvel cameos, where maybe you see Falco like walk out of a bar or something. Like, yeah, or, or maybe Falco is still a wheel man, right? Or maybe maybe he's like driving taxis or some shit. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the way to do it is to do like a uh, God. Why can't I think of? Why can't I think of his name, Chris? I keep wanting to say Sam Raimi, and it's not Sam Raimi. Marvel creator. Ooh. Jesus Christ, what's his name? Oh. Uh, Kevin, Kevin oh. Feed. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Stan Josh Lee. Stan, Stan Lee. Stan, Stan Lee. Lee, okay. Jesus Christ. I don't know how I drew a blank on that one. <laughs> I, I thought Sam Raimi, which, you know, they've worked together many <laughs> times. Uh, Spider-Man. But, he, like, a Stan Lee kind of cameo, maybe for those two or something. Uh, but not, yeah, like, I don't need a story that. involving them anymore. Uh, their story's yeah. been told, and it was great. Um, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. It's your, it's your top show for 2022. I know that. Yeah, it, it's also my new number one on my list. It is the number one on your list. That's that's that new number one. That is high praise, Chris. Uh, let me yep. add that to your list. Yeah, and I've jumped the gun. So, Cody, where is it going on your list? This is my new number one. Well, Chris, I like I like the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just. Oh, you're all right. Just updating the list here. Uh, this is the 30th mm-hmm. show we've covered on the podcast, by the oh, way. Little, little fun fact. Now, for me, I like the show, um, but I, I, I don't, I don't like it nearly as much as you do. Uh, it, it won't mm-hmm. be my new number one. I'm trying to think of where I'm going to put this. It uh, wouldn't be your number one because of Franz Ferdinand. It's okay. It, it is 
You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> dating. I definitely got to do some some moving around when we get to our next, you know, move around the list episode. Uh, this will be my new number ten. Uh, nice. I think I like Vinland Saga more than this, um, but they're both okay. they're both really really good. So it's it's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Those are the two I was kind of debating on where to put it, uh, either above or below Vinland Saga. Um, mm-hmm. But then when you look at the intro music, Vinland Saga just takes the cake, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, look, hey, there's nothing unfortunate about it. Vinland Saga has a great opening. Which I really have nothing bad to say about either one of these shows. Like, these shows are just super solid, like, from animation, music, voice acting, like, they're just really good. Like, we're, we, mm-hmm. we're, on, a, we're on a good trend here, Chris. Um Indeed. And you know, shout out to you. We're, we're going to keep it going. These are your these are your poll uh, choices. So you know, big shout outs to you for uh, for getting us off the bad path of fucking. Thank God, man. Shitty anime. Um, but you know, absolutely. We, we've been on a nice stretch uh, now, um, and we're going to keep that going. Hopefully, uh, when we cover Soul Station, uh, which it, for those of you guys that don't know is a prequel anime to uh, Train to Busan. Uh huh. Uh, the, the, I'm excited. The the fantastic zombie movie. Um, so we're gonna be covering that. I believe it's on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. Prime Video. Uh, I believe it is as well. Um, so if you guys want to follow along with us, you can check it out there. Uh, I'm excited for it. I think I'm gonna watch it, and I think I'm also just gonna watch Train to Busan because I think it's just a mm-hmm. it's such a good movie. I I hadn't even hadn't even seen it until like two or three months ago. Uh, and I've already watched it like three times, so it's just a, it's just a, like an instant classic zombie movie. Um, I yeah, love it. I'm looking forward to checking out this the the animated prequel, of course. Um, but since we'll be covering a movie, Chris, we uh, we got to have another poll. Now I know absolutely. Now I know you'll be busy quite a bit uh, over the next what ten days it is, or however mm-hmm. your your it's your anniversary, right? What it is? Yeah, well, the old anniversary trip. Absolutely love that. So we're gonna do we're gonna do back to back movies just so you know you don't gotta binge out like twelve or thirteen episodes while trying to spend time with the fam. Um, oh, indeed, indeed. And we're gonna kind of keep the Halloween theme rolling. So uh, Chris, I'll let you give your picks first, and then I'll I'll go over mine. Yeah. So I am looking at two uh, classic horror animes, uh, Wicked City. And Biohunter. Um, I don't remember much about Biohunter other than that it is fucking wild. Um, but Wicked City is really cool. Wicked City is kind of like this um, men in black meets like supernatural, but with titties. Like you have like this group that like defends like the human world from like demons, and there's like the and he has this really cool gun. Um, yeah, that's it was really really good. Men in black with titties. That's all Chris, I remember. Chris, stop Men digging. You've struck oil. <laughs> Say no more. Say less. Uh, yeah, two two that I've never... I've heard of Wicked City. Uh, only when we were mm-hmm. talking about Demon City Shinjuku. It's been a while since I like really looked into it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, two, two classic throwbacks. I think Biohunter's from like 95, if I'm not mistaken. And I think Wicked City yes. might, might be older than that. Uh, yeah, Wicked City, I think, is from maybe, like, not much older, maybe, like, 93, 94, around that ballpark. Okay, okay. Uh, so. but yeah, two, I've, two that I've never seen, definitely looking forward to those. 
Um, and then mm-hmm. for my picks, I'm going with Perfect Blue, uh, another flick I've never Beautiful. seen. But when I looked up like top horror, scary anime movies, like just to keep the spooky vibes going, um, mm-hmm. that's like on all the lists. So why not nominate that? And then one that I have seen, but it's been a long time, is uh, Blood: The Last Vampire, which is kind of like Ooh. what sets up the entire Blood series, um, mm-hmm. which is. Kind of, I mean, it's it's a big series. There's Blood Plus, there's Blood C, there's several renditions of this movie, live action. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know how far, if, if that wins, I don't know how far down that rabbit hole will go. Um, but we'll see, you know. We'll, we'll just start with Blood, The Last Vampire. It's how the series started. Uh, it's it's kind of like when we nominate yeah. Ghost in the Shell. Like, we're just going to watch that, and then we'll... We'll kind of decide what we'll to do. Figure from out where we go. Yeah, because I mean, we could exactly we could turn into a whole podcast just based on this series. Um, but yeah, those those are going to oh, be most certainly. Yeah, those are going to be our picks for this week. We have Wicked City, Isle Hunter, Perfect Blue, and Blood: The Last Vampire. You guys want to vote for I'm those? Definitely here for it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys want to vote for those, you can head over to our Twitter page, which is just at Shonen and Suds. Uh, vote for what you want to see us watch next. Once again, we are covering Soul. Uh, the prequel to Train to Busan next week. Um, and yeah, Chris, that's that's all I got. I, I really enjoyed Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I definitely will give it another watch. I, I guess I should have mentioned this earlier. I think the show definitely deserves at least a second watch. Um, just to kind of really understand everything that's going on on like the, you know, the corporation side and like really understand exactly what's happening. Um, just because it's really flashy and there's a lot of action. It's kind of there's a lot of stuff that I missed on that first watch through, so I'm definitely going to be uh, giving it a second viewing. Oh, no, most certainly. Most certainly. Um, yeah, that, that's all I got for this week, man. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up? No, man. I am just absolutely excited that you finally got to watch these two shows, and I'm looking forward to uh, some more uh, some more Halloween fun, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Will you enjoy your... Your anniversary trip, congratulations to you and Sam, of course. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, crack some cold ones for me, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, you know I will. All right, guys, well, I'm you Cody. You know I will. <laughs> All right. Well, I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking around. Bye-bye. <laughs>